Hello everyone. Welcome to a relaxed fit, listener picked, Jollo of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. On this solo hosted episode, I will discuss 1975's Autopsy, also known as Corpse, The Victim, and in Italy as Sunspots. This episode is spoiler free. I will also share a retrospective on the late Italian film actress and screenwriter, Daria Nicolodi. Let's start this episode with some recommendations based on what I've been watching lately. Non-Jalo recommendations. First, Possessor. Possessor is a 2020 science fiction psychological horror film written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Yes, He's the son of legendary filmmaker David Cronenberg. Possessor follows an elite corporate assassin who takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high-profile targets. It's gorgeous, briskly paced. The technology used is unique. The overall concept is interesting. Starring Andrea Riseborough and Christopher Abbott, Possessor is currently available to rent on VOD. For your seasonal holiday fix, I recommend the dark comedy Better Watch Out. Set during the Christmas season, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from strangers breaking into his family's home. However, there is much more than meets the eye, and this is not your typical home invasion film. You can watch Better Watch Out on Vudu, Shudder, and Prime Video. Time to dive into our Jalo film of the month. Directed by Armando Crispino, Autopsy follows a med student and a priest as they team up to investigate a group of suicides blamed on a heat wave, only to discover a number of them to be actual murders. We are introduced to Simona, a young pathologist who works in a morgue in Rome. Driven to hallucinations from the intense heat and long hours worked, Simona is on the brink of exhaustion. As she struggles to complete her college thesis about natural deaths, a suicide victim is brought into the morgue and identified by a young Catholic priest named Paul to be his sister. He claims that his sister did not commit suicide but was instead murdered. Simona teams up with the priest to solve the mystery and stay one step ahead of the mysterious killer who begins to stalk her when she gets too close to the truth. From here, we meet a number of characters slash suspects, including Simona's boyfriend, her co-worker, and her own father. Autopsy includes a few standard Jalo tropes, such as an angst-ridden priest, similar to Don't Torture a Duckling or Who Saw Her Die, a playboy boyfriend, in a perfectly mundane motive. Simona's relationship with the priest could be compared to Dario Argento's Deep Red, where a male and a female character with conflicting personalities are forced to work together to solve a mystery. This episode discussing Autopsy will not contain spoilers. Autopsy stars Mimsy Farmer as Simona, This is the fourth movie I have seen Mimsy in, and she is great at playing a distressed, manic character. Mimsy performs in Argento's Four Flies on Grey Velvet, Fulci's Black Cat, and the psychological Jalo called The Perfume of the Lady in Black, which was reviewed on a previous episode of Jalo the Month Club. Now let me try to stay enthusiastic for this part. (laughs) 
to say that I found autopsy to be problematic would be an understatement. The uncut version of this film is 100 minutes long and there is little on-screen carnage after the opening suicide montage. And while I am aware that this is an Italian murder mystery from the 1970s, Autopsy includes several triggering topics such as rape, sexual repression, ancestral relationships, abusive father-daughter relationships, and emotional and physical manipulation of our female protagonist. I could probably spend this entire episode voicing my concerns about the way every woman in this film is sexualized. Autopsy is essentially a rape fantasy written by men, directed by men. Within the first two minutes of the film, Autopsy includes images of a topless woman killing herself with a razor blade, a child slaughtered while wearing a frilly dress in bed, There's even a dog that is revealed to be female who is beaten with a belt by her owner. Beyond the scene where a dog is clearly being abused, there's no faking it, like that dog is being beat with a belt. There are multiple upskirt shots and a parade of men forcing themselves onto women. It's also worth noting that it is never explained why our female protagonist is suffering from delusions in the first place. The hallucinations happen in the beginning of the film, but they're never addressed again. Autopsy exploits our main character's pent-up sexual desires and showcases the affairs she fantasizes about having with a photographer, a priest, a reanimated corpse, and possibly her own father. Simona ends up becoming an over-sexualized component to an already weak concept. Not even Ennio Morricone's atmospheric score could save this film. There's a cut of Autopsy from 1980 that contains a lot more Morricone musical cues to help the film flow better, but this movie doesn't offer anything new or interesting within the jolly subgenre. The story is all over the place. You also get the impression that it was written while it was being filmed. The motive is completely random and slightly ridiculous. Overall, I found Autopsy to be disjointed and lacking likable characters, suspense, or anything really compelling to follow. I would not recommend this movie to anyone unless they are really into slow-paced, early 70s Euro horror in the same style of Mario Baba's Barren Blood or Lisa and the Devil. Furthermore, I have a hard time recommending a film that contains several sequences that may cause someone emotional distress or conjure feelings associated with a traumatic experience. Instead, here are a few flavor of the month picks that I do recommend you watch. My first two picks are films that put a weird spin on the jolly felon and embrace some unconventional subject matter. Footprints on the Moon from 1975 and The House with Laughing Windows from 1976 achieve this much better than Autopsy. My third flavor of the month pick, Aldo Lotto's Short Night of Glass Dolls from 1971. This is a better example of a film that takes an eerie approach to medical science and deals with sequences of hallucinations and conspiracies. Additionally, I wanted to acknowledge the impact of famed Italian film actress and screenwriter 
Daria Nicolodi, who sadly passed away on November 26th. Daria's extensive career spanned decades with nearly 40 acting credits to her name, including such giallo classics as Deep Red and Tenebrae. Born in Florence, Italy, Daria was the daughter of a lawyer and a philologist, someone that studies languages, I believe. (laughs) Her younger sister was a university professor. On a different path than her parents and her sister, Daria learned a great deal about the occult and witchcraft from her grandmother, who practiced white magic and had a strong, intuitive, almost psychic sense. In this distinctive environment, Daria stood out. Her parents were not thrilled with her love of the arts and dream of becoming an actress. She left home to attend the National Academy of Dramatic Arts at the age of 17. Daria found work as a model and made her acting debut in Francesco Rossi's Many Wars Ago. Daria continued to work in minor film roles and gained some recognition for her work in 1973's The Property is Not a Theft. The film was nominated for a Golden Bear Award at the Berlin Film Festival. In the same year, Daria gave birth to a daughter named Anna. While Daria was working with director Elio Petri on The Property is Not a Theft, she became intrigued by first-time filmmaker Dario Argento in his film The Bird with a Crystal Plumage. Soon after, Daria met Dario during the production of Deep Red, where she played a headstrong journalist in the classic Italian giallo. The two quickly discovered that they shared many common interests and began a collaboration in life, love, and work that would last for over a decade. After Deep Red's release, Daria went on to perform in Argento's Inferno, Tenebrae, Phenomena, and Opera. In 1975, Daria and Daria welcomed the birth of their daughter, Asia. Two years later, Suspiria was made. Daria is credited with conceiving the original idea and contributing to the screenplay of the film. Suspiria is loosely based on stories Daria's grandmother told her when she was a young girl. Thomas De Quincey's essay, Lavana and Our Ladies of Sorrow, also provided a wealth of inspiration for the project. Daria would have also appeared in the film were it not for an unfortunate injury that she suffered prior to shooting. Daria also acted in Mario Bava's final film, Shock, in 1977. The decades following, she would go on to work with her daughter, Asia, Giovanni Veronesi, Michael Soavi, and Liberto Bava. In 1989, she added another writing credit to her resume with Paganini's Horror. By the early 90s, it seems that Daria left behind the horror genre and began her journey into voice acting. Daria Nicolodi was an intelligent and complex woman. She is often referred to as Dario Argento's muse, but Daria was a successful actress, screenwriter, and person in her own right. She was a daughter, mother, grandmother, and friend. Daria had a long career in the Italian film industry and an unparalleled career within the Jolly Filone. Her film career has had a big impact on myself personally and this podcast, and she will be missed. With that said, I would like to add another flavor of the month to this episode. I would suggest that you watch Dario Argento's Deep Red. Daria is so good in this, and quite frankly, after the sexist mess that is autopsy, we all need a strong female character in our lives. 
You can follow Jollo of the Month Club on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. You can follow myself, Diana, on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Diana NK. The podcast logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Matt's Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. In the coming weeks, look for my end of year favorite films bonus episode, as well as your monthly dose of Jalo. As always, I'm your host, Diana Koch. Thank you for listening to this solo episode of Jalo of the Month Club. 